This episode is brought to you by Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Get into your best shape with their comprehensive programs. So sign up now to either their basic package or warrior package with the code PSPKB, all caps, for 15% off. Stay fit this winter with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world, covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Neil Wallace-Bruce. I'm your host for today, and I am joined by a very special guest. We're in the winter time here in, in Northern Hemisphere, and we're in the lead-up to the Beijing Winter Olympics. So who better to join me than someone who has been there before? She is an Olympic bronze medalist and silver medalist, as well as a world champion goaltender for Team Sweden. Introducing... Kim Martin Hassan. Kim, how's it going? Good, thank you. Very good. Excellent. Now, Kim, your journey in hockey, it's taking you around the world. It's taking you to Minnesota, Sweden, obviously, Russia. Where's the toughest place that you've had to play hockey? Oh, that's a, a good question. I would say, like, hockey-wise, I would say the most competitive league was uh, the college hockey in, in the States uh, when I played for the Bulldogs. I loved being there. I wish I could have been there more than, than four years, but I think every day was competitive, both uh, practice, but also the games. I think living and, and kind of outside of hockey was Russia. Uh, it was a little bit of a different culture. I'm very happy I went there, though. I think uh, Hockey was pretty good, at least practice. Uh, games were a little uneven, but uh, it was a great experience for me to see the different cultures. For sure. Now, thinking about the, the time in Minnesota, you were actually about to play for a men's team, but because of the terms of your scholarship with Minnesota, you weren't able to take that up. Is that correct? Yes, uh, they called me the night before. I was kind of disappointed not playing uh, the men's uh, game. That's kind of been my dream too, to see how far I can go with men's hockey. But uh, I I'm happy too. I mean, uh, it was one game versus four years. Uh, so it wasn't that hard to decide after I, I heard uh, all about it. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, sometimes you got to make the best decision for you and... Uh your future, and I'm sure it came across as the best one in the end, considering what you were able to do in your career. Now, women's hockey has come a long way. You played in in the Salt Lake City Olympics and also the the Turin Olympics. Looking ahead to, to the Beijing Games in 2022, how do you think the, the game has changed since uh, you were playing? I would say that that the teams are more even. There's there's uh, within the team. I think the players are more even. Before I think there was especially the European teams. There's a couple of stars. Uh, now I think everyone can can play very good hockey. Everyone is very skilled. But also that there's more teams competing. You see Japan and the Czechs and Germany and 
and all kinds of teams uh, competing against the best. So I think it's great for, for women's hockey. There's more, it's more competitive within the teams and also uh, against every team. For sure. And I guess in terms of the game's development, you've also started a, your own academy since retiring as a player. Tell us a little bit about that. I just felt like I was getting close to uh, retiring and then I wanted to give something back uh, from all the experience. And I mean, I love hockey. So I, I have a summer camp. It's going very well. I think I uh, there are more and more goalies coming for every year. Uh, and then I do some private lessons and group sessions. And it's kind of just like a hobby. I have a full-time job and then I do this on the side. Uh, just try to, to be there for the goalies. Uh, so, yeah, I love it. Fair enough. And I guess I want to shout out to a goalie who looks up to you as a, a role model, Lovisa Solanda. She plays in the PHF for Boston. So we spoke to her a few weeks ago. So you're obviously making an impact on, on future generations in hockey. What are some of the things that you're telling some of the, the players as you're coaching them? I think the most important is to, to love hockey, love to practice. I mean, if you don't have the love and the passion, then it's hard to, to go to practice every day. Uh, it's a lot of hours if you really want to be the best. But also, like, really listen to every coach, respect every coach. I mean, there's always going to be coaches that you don't agree with, but they they all, you're always going to learn something from every coach. And I think bring the stuff that you think it's going to teach you the most and just work on stuff every day, work a little extra. If you want to be better than someone, then you have to, to do the little extra uh, to, to be better. So yeah, those are kind of the, the stuff I'm telling. And just don't think too much like when you play, you can see a lot of goalies that, I mean, goalie practice is a lot about details, but when it comes to the games, just, just live it out, enjoy the game. Mm -hmm. I think that's important and just like the mentality. I see a lot of good goalies that when they practice, they're good, but when they come to big games, they can't handle it. So I think mentality is, is very important for, for goalies. Right. Yeah, I guess whatever is going on internally is going to eventually manifest itself physically. So no doubt about that. You've got to have the right mindset, the right mentality going in. I, I certainly get that. Now, just thinking about the, the Olympic Games, being in Canada, it's mainly Canada-US. That's, that's all we hear about here. But how is Sweden looking? How are some of the teams like Sweden and other European teams looking for the hockey competitions? I mean, Sweden has been struggling lately. They went down a division comes of like worlds and stuff, but now they qualified for the Olympics. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see uh, Sweden finally compete against the best again. I think it, that's where they belong, but they have been struggling. So I'm hoping that they will do a, a good Olympics. That could be a push for them to keep going and getting more young players to start playing. I think Finland uh, looks really good. I could. I think they definitely can compete with US and Canada and, and really like give them a good game. They have played very close games against them. So I would say that they, they are the only team that are close. Russia can be good if they start the tournament well and, and I think that they can go far. But other than that, I think it, it's close behind that. Uh, any team can to make it to the quarter uh, quarterfinals and the, and the semifinals. There we go. Now... You had the distinction of being on the Team Sweden team that you broke the deadlock because it was a Canada-US thing in terms of the gold medal game historically. And then Sweden 
broke the deadlock in 2006. What was that like? Talk us through that. I mean, we had, I wouldn't say we didn't have a very skilled team, but we were uh, a team that really uh, worked for each other. You talk a lot about a team being your second family, and I feel that that was our strength. We had a lot of tough training camps and stuff like that. And I just think that it was our turn. We were just lucky with everything. I would say like in the semifinals, I mean, I had a good game, but I was also very lucky. I was in the zone. So it was it was amazing. I don't think anyone uh, believed it in uh, right after the game. It took a while to, to understand. And I think that's why we had a tough game against uh, Canada in the final. But I think it, it was good for women's hockey. It doesn't happen very often, but like I said, Finland is pretty close. But I think it's good for women's hockey if more teams are getting closer to U.S. and Canada to to give them a, a tough game uh, is the best for us all. So hopefully everyone continues on, on that journey. Absolutely. And it's only going to grow the game further. It's going to mean more interest outside of the, the big nations, if you will, like Canada, U.S. and Finland. So hopefully we do see, we do see an upset here and there. <laughs> yeah. Now, thinking back to your time in Minnesota, did you get to play in Canada at all? Or is it just in the U.S.? Uh, I think it was just U.S. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just U.S. But my husband is from Canada, so been there a lot, but never really played any club teams, if I remember right. Uh, just the national team. Okay, so there's a bit of a rivalry then when Canada plays Sweden, is that right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got to ask, staying with the Canadian theme and having been to Canada, have you tried a poutine? Yes. Okay. It's not my favorite thing, but I'm getting used to all these Canadian stuff. I mean, I didn't really like uh, Tim Hortons and all kinds of different, like, like we have different pizzas here in Sweden and all kinds of stuff that is a little different, but I'm getting used to it more and more because he forces me to try it. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say you don't like Tim Hortons, is it the coffee? Yeah, it's usually pretty sweet, but I'm getting used to it now. We don't really have that much sweetener and stuff. But, I mean, I could pick normal coffee too, but he usually has sweetener. No, I, I, I agree with you because I'm not a huge fan of the coffee myself. Uh, I don't drink a lot of coffee. I didn't grow up in North America, so I do find the coffee to be a bit different. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good that I'm not alone there. We're we're stronger coffee here in Sweden. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, my buddy Kobe, he spent some time in Sweden as a as a youngster and he was t- he was talking previously about midsummer. Is mm-hmm. that something that you partake in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a big thing here in in, uh, in Sweden. I think everyone uh, celebrates it. It's a it's a fun tradition. Nice. So I'd love to see it because the idea of the sun just not really going down <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah. I think uh, Jay, my my husband, thought it was a little different, but he's getting used to it now. When uh, dancing and you drink and you play games and uh, you just kind of having fun with, with family and friends. Mm-hmm. And how long does it typically last for? It's usually just like one day, but yeah, it's one day that you, you celebrate just kind of like that, uh, that day. So cool. So, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you've won many goaltending awards. You were named the best goalie by the IIHF after your 
exploits in 2006. So what I'm feeling here is that you have a certain mentality or mindset that you take into into games and into your play. Tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. I think I think some goalies had to work with it a lot and some kind of just have it. I would say in the beginning of my career, I kind of just had it. I love being in in games where it mattered the most. I think the older I got and the more I won, I had higher expectations, uh, mostly from people uh, around. I think that it got harder for me because even when you you played well, uh, people expected you to have a shutout or win the gold medals and everything. So it got usually you'd say that it gets easier when you get older, but for me it got the opposite. But I was when I was young, I think. Everything just went my way, kind of, uh, already from when I started as a goalie. I had a shutout the whole season I started, uh, mm. so they began that. And I mean, you you hear parents and players saying how good you are, and you kind of get boost. And then you just kept going good. Uh, I came to the national team when I was 14, and we brought won the bronze and at the Worlds, and then we won uh, Olympic medals and another bronze at the Worlds. So... We had some really good years, and like I said, I, I really felt that I belonged to the team. The the players trust me, and the coaches trust me. So I think that's a big, big part why I had a good success. That you feel comfortable uh, with the people you play, and yeah, it just everything went my my way kind of until I started to get injuries and, and and stuff like that. Then it got tougher, and I didn't play as good. Uh, but that's. That's how it's going to be in a career. It's not always going uh, great. Uh, you have to learn from the, the downhills too. Mm-hmm. I guess sometimes we learn more about ourselves from the setbacks mm-hmm. than the successes. And yeah, I guess being a goalkeeper, it's a, it's, it's a thankless job because if you have a good game, you have a shutout, you are supposed to do that. And if mm-hmm. you don't, it's your fault. <laughs> mm. yeah, I mean, you can you can never really make any mistakes. That will usually be a goal. While I would say players are making mistakes a lot in in a game, uh, but uh, us as goalies don't really have that chance. That's right. The goals that go in are the ones that are highlighted. Those are the ones mm-hmm. that everyone remembers. So that is interesting. Be sure to join the Pro Sports Podcasters Facebook group, where you will be able to interact with the hosts and talk to other sports fans. Now back to the show. Now, you talked about recovery from injury and overcoming adversity. What are some words of advice you'd pass on to, let's say, someone who's playing hockey or wants to get into hockey and is running into some obstacles? I think, like, uh, what I experienced from players that get, for example, injured or or something like that, I think, try to, to stay positive. I understand that it's hard, but being more negative will only ruin it. Uh, try to be... Be, be happy and surround with people that give you positive thoughts uh, and just to do the re- rehab and all that, just trying to find ways to, to make it more fun and motivated. Uh, I mean, it's definitely tough. I'm going to ask, as someone who was born in Stockholm and you actually played hockey for AIK, does that mean that you follow the AIK football team as well? Not very much. No, I'm not a big football soccer uh, person. I did play it myself, but no, not my favorite sport to to watch a ball. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. No, I I do remember AIK from the Champions League um, back in yeah. the day. So 
Mm-hmm. I thought I'd ask. <laughs> <laughs> Just staying in that vein, were there any hockey players that you looked up to when you were growing up? Anyone that was a role model per se? I mean, I had my my brother was my role model. Uh, he's seven years older. He's coaching as a goalie coach now in in Fredon, that men's team. He was a goalie when he when I started playing goalie, so that's why I started. Uh, he's also been my uh, goalie coach at one of the Olympics. So yeah, I mean, I, I a lot a lot from him being a goalie, but now also uh, doing goalie practices and stuff like that. So uh, I would say him. Nice. Was it pretty competitive in in the house growing up? Ah, uh, he's seven years older, so he had pretty good advantage over me. So it wasn't that bad, and he he moved play hockey kind of early, so we didn't really get the chance to, to to compete that much. Fair enough. I'm pretty sure your number when you played for Sweden was thirty. Is that right? Yes. Was there a story behind that? I don't think so, actually. I know, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist, I think I would say every goalie in Sweden knows who he is and, and look up to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to work with him now at the at the Olympics, so it's going to be pretty amazing. Uh, but I don't think I took that number because of him. I think that's the only number that was left. Okay. Now, you say that you're going to work with him at the Olympics, so will you be broadcasting or will you have a coaching Role at the no, Olympics? we'll be uh, uh, broadcasting. So we'll sit in the studio from Stockholm. Uh, there's a couple of people going to um, Beijing, but we're staying at home in, in Stockholm. I think it's because of the restrictions and stuff like that. We can, not that many people can go. Awesome. All right. I know a couple of people in Sweden, so I'll definitely have to get <laughs> them to tune in. Is it is it on the public broadcast or on a specific channel? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's uh, Discovery. It's called. It's like Channel Five and, and Nine and, and stuff like that. So they had the last Olympics too that I worked with. There we go. So I guess you'll be ready for some early wake up times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it will be some early mornings. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because I remember the last Olympics were in Korea, and then mm-hmm. 1998 was in Japan as well. So yeah, it's the way it is. Did you prefer yeah. playing in Salt Lake City or Turin, by the way? Oh, that's a good, I think every Olympics kind of feels the same. I mean, when you live in the Olympic Village, it's always looking kind of the same. And I mean, the rings is always nice and, and stuff. But I think the fans were pretty good in Italy. Uh, usually the fans are better in North America, uh, more people watching. But I think that's pretty good crowd. I mean, if it's Olympics, there will be a good crowd either way. So I like, I like them both. Mm-hmm. Now, is it true that in the Olympic Village there's a McDonald's that's open twenty four seven? Yep. <laughs> wow. Yep. Always. <laughs> so <laughs> that's amazing. I'm still getting my head around that. So you can just go down at any time and get whatever you like. Yeah, there is always like free drinks and everywhere. And I mean, the all all villages are kind of like the same. It's the McDonald's, and then you have the food court, and then you have like playrooms and stuff you can go in so mm-hmm. the setup is always like kind of the same and just looks a little different depending on where you are mm-hmm. just getting a little bit more serious mm-hmm. sweden the national team as you alluded to has been developing it's on the rise again in 2018 2019 there was a there was a strike mm-hmm. as an alumni as a former player how did you feel about that and what went on at the time 
I haven't heard so much about it, so I don't know all the details. But I think uh, I think it was a couple of years. There was a tough patch, like with coaching, and and a lot of players were quitting, uh, mostly because uh, retiring from hockey, uh, getting older and stuff. So it was kind of like a generation uh, switch. Uh, so I think it was tough for the younger ones coming in, finding uh, leaders in the team, and then for coaches to bring the team together kind of um so i think it was just a lot of different uh, things that made the mess if you say like that but they're on their way coming back i think i mean now they're in the olympics and hopefully they can qualify up to the highest division at worlds too soon Mm -hmm. uh so i mean sweden has a lot of skilled players so it's a matter of getting the the team together Mm -hmm. i guess it sounds like the the environment was different to the one that you came into, where it was a lot more welcoming, and I guess players were building you up as a younger player. So hopefully we see that again in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead, can we see a Sweden team win a gold medal at the Olympics in the future? I think definitely in the future. It probably won't be maybe in the closest five years, but I, I think uh, eventually... Uh, Europeans uh, team will learn a lot from North America. I know that now when I'm going to start working for for Frelunda, building up a women's program, we're looking a lot into what are they doing in North America? Why are they faster? Why are they usually stronger and more explosive? So, I mean, I think uh, more teams are going to start looking over there to see what are the difference. I mean, because you don't get born faster. I mean, that mm-hmm. it has to be something with the with the off-ice or, or anything uh, that we can like learn from. So, yeah, I, I think it won't be anything, anywhere close like right now, but I think in the future at some point, uh, yeah, I think women's hockey is going to be the same as the men's hockey eventually. There we go. Now, just staying in that theme, here at the Process Podcast, is we cover the Premier Hockey Federation quite a bit. We do a little bit of media for the Toronto Six team, and... We've seen we've seen the league develop in the last twelve to fifteen months. We've seen a few players from Europe come across to play in the league. We've seen players in Czech Republic, Slovakia, Sweden through Lavisa Solanda. Could we see more players coming across to play in North America in the future? Do you think, or would players prefer to stay in Europe? Yeah, I think we have uh, developed a very good league in Sweden. We see a lot of uh, North Americans and. Uh, uh, other European players coming to our league. I would say if anyone is going over, I think it's for college hockey. But otherwise, I think uh, the Swedish league is really strong now and very organized. Uh, so I think uh, a lot of a lot of Swedes will will stay if they don't go over for college. There we go. Fair enough. Well, we look forward to seeing that. Now, you mentioned Frölunda. Was that is that the Frölunda Hockey Club? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm starting there in May. And that's in Gothenburg? Yeah, Gothenburg, yeah. I I haven't been to Sweden myself, but I know, this is going to be funny, but I know about Swedish geography through playing football manager. So I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good way to learn. That's how I know about AIK and uh, Vastor Forlander. Who else? IFK, Gothenburg. Malmo, obviously. Malmo, pretty big. Yeah. Are those the three big. Cities in uh, Sweden? Yeah, Malmö, Gothenburg, and Stockholm, yeah. Okay, okay, so I do know something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, the next thing I'm going to do is try LOX. I I found out about LOX, the 
the other day. Is that something that people are into? Not that I know of. Uh, me, I'm not pronouncing it right. I think it's a, a fish dish, lox. Oh, lax. Lax, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a fish, yep. It's good. It's good? You recommend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Okay, and which is it? Is there a particular type of seafood that goes into it? No, I think uh, here we just eat the that fish and then we just have like potatoes or, so, or rice or something. And if you want some kind of sauce, take away the little, little of the taste. <laughs> okay. So what about this for an idea then? What about a, a lax poutine? Oh. No? Yeah, I guess, yeah, you can always try, I guess. It doesn't sound super good. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll, it could be like the, the IKEA meatballs in a poutine or something. I feel yeah, like that could work. Yeah, that could work better. Yeah, right. yeah. Because I feel like the sauce kind of goes well. It's all, almost like a gravy, and then yeah, you add yeah. some cheese and some fries. It could work. <laughs> could work. There we go. So, Kim, where can our listeners find you on social media? I'm on the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I think I have it all. There we go. And on Instagram, you can find Kim at Kim Martin eighty six. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, Kim, is there anything that you wanted to share with our listeners um, before we, we let you go? Um, hopefully everyone uh, watches women's hockey. doesn't matter if it's in Europe or North America. And uh, just uh, support women's hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I second that because, as I said, we watch the PHF quite a lot here in, in North America. And it's some of the world's best players. Honestly, it's it's elite mm-hmm. hockey, it's good hockey, and it's exciting stuff to watch. So I definitely definitely echo those sentiments. What are some of the things sorry, before before we let you go, what are some of the things you'd like to see to help, I guess, women's hockey develop? I mean, I think uh North America especially, I think in the European leagues, um I would say Sweden have come the furthest to find like teams that are pretty even and it's uh, tough games all the time and very organized mm-hmm. i know another other teams in europe but i feel like in north america i'm i'm not close to the leagues but i've heard been different uh, struggles with their canceling uh, leagues and and all kinds of stuff and mm. just find ways to keep college players still playing i think it's important for north america to have a, a good league after after college but it looks like they they're doing it right now, so hopefully it's keep going that way. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you might be touching on the the demise of the the CWHL in Canada. That that was a big blow to the game a few years ago. Yeah. But we have seen the NWHL, and it's now been renamed the PHF, come up, and they've secured some broadcasters in terms of ESPN getting on board in the US and TSN in Canada. So hopefully mm-hmm. that continues because I guess. Yeah, when people are watching the game, the, then sponsors will get involved because we've seen we've seen Dick Sporting Goods, we've seen the Discover card. They've been getting involved in terms of sponsorship and endorsements, so that then leads to players getting paid more, I guess. And yeah, like sure. you said, they can stay in the game after college, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the games in Sweden are televised, so that's a good step. There we go. Sweden's showing the way once again. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to that day when, you know, I don't have to search hard on 
the internet to find games. I can just know that it's on a, in one place and it's good to go. I look forward to that yeah. day. Well, Kim, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. If you have any questions for the Pro Sports Podcasters, be sure to reach us on our Twitter account, where you can also slide into our DMs and catch the latest snippets, dirt, and other exclusive things that we will tweet. Check us out at P Podcasters on Twitter.